Remember the days we rocked that Coachella. Remember the days we have our stuff together. On the notes, our times were hard, but them days was better. I wish I had a time machine just so you can take a ride with me. I miss just how you smile at me. I'll give you into infinity. I wish I had a time machine. Yes, sir. So you can take a ride with me. Wrap my arms around and hold you tight for you. So you can never say goodbye to me. Out in the galaxy, up in the stars, over the universe. It's bigger than more. See you in heaven. See you in heaven. When I see you in heaven, I'ma be with my dog. Out in the galaxy, up in the stars. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Represent Black History Month all month long. And thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. As you all can see, I am back. Uh, traveled yesterday, uh, well, day before yesterday, uh, got home. Around 2 a.m. on uh, Sunday morning, uh, coming from Mobile, Alabama, uh, for the Senior Bowl. I was excited, man. I mean, I had a really good time, learned a lot, uh, talked to a lot of individuals, uh, hung out with uh, other uh, Saints uh, reporters. Uh, shouts out to Ross Jackson. Shouts out to Maddie Hudak. Uh, shouts out to Brandon Olson. Uh, had a good time with them. Uh, shouts out to the city of Mobile. Uh, and shouts out to Nelly. They had a Nelly concert out there that I, I went to, man. So uh, it was all around, man. It was all around good time. Um, I really did enjoy myself. Uh, but it's time for us to talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints and, and the direction that they're going in. Uh, there were some news reports that came out. Uh, the Saints are trying to uh, make some changes. They're making changes, uh, looks mostly defensively. Uh, you look at uh, Corey Robinson, defensive backs coach. Uh, he's no longer with the team. His, his contract hasn't expired. Uh, the New Orleans Saints also added uh, Ty Grantham uh, as an assistant coach, and they just recently added Joe Woods, uh, former defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. Now he is the defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. So um, what do these guys bring to the table? Uh, both of these individuals uh, have a lot of experience. Uh, I'll start with Ty Grantham. Ty Grantham has traveled around quite a bit. Uh, he was on the Alabama coaching staff. Uh, he has uh, been an analyst and advisor uh, all throughout the SEC. Uh, he has done some really major things. Uh, so shouts out to him. Uh, I think that it's a good look uh, based on uh, what his pedigree is and what it's looking like. I'm pretty sure the Saints are probably going to have him in charge of the defensive line uh, on top of just being an assistant coach. Um, I think that 
I think that uh, it's a good move. I think that um, the Saints needed a little bit of a shot in the arm uh, when it comes to the defensive line. There was a lot of things that they, they could have did last season that they couldn't do. Uh, they started off really, really slow uh, when it came down to like getting pass rush, uh, being able to get pressure on the quarterback. So they definitely need to improve there. Uh, Joe Woods, uh, former defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, uh, was fired uh, by the Cleveland Browns, uh, let go. And, um, you know, they they kind of started off really, really bad. You know, the, it, the defense was struggling. Um, but as the season progressed, uh, I think around 12, uh, 12 games, uh, well, eight games, they got like around 12 turnovers. So they were able to turn some things around. So we all know that the New Orleans Saints need some help when it comes to the secondary. Yes, those guys are pretty disciplined when it comes to guarding their man, but coming down with the football, they have struggled. And in order for you to win some games, you're going to have to generate some turnovers. You got to get the ball back into the hands of the offense. Now, I know people are kind of baffled, puzzled, if you will, about focusing more on the defense more so of the offense, uh, bringing back Pete Carmichael, and it don't seem like too much is changing on that side. But when I look at it, I mean, you you have to be able to do things your way. I know we're not <laughs> we we're not a real big Dennis Allen fans when it comes to some of the decisions that he's made. And yes, you know, every decision that he makes going forward is going to lead to a bunch of questions because this, the team is not very good right now. Uh, so, but when I look at it, it makes sense to me. You know, it, it really does. I, I think that if you're going to do the job the way that you want to do the job, you got to be able to put your guys together. You got to be able to put your staff together. And last year, you, you got to be real. It was ma the majority of the guys that were on the coaching staff, Sean Payton placed there. And you had Mickey Loomis who didn't want to rock the boat. And I think that's one of the main reasons why the Saints tried to keep a lot of these guys. But the problem is, I, I think a lot of those guys came to the New Orleans Saints because they thought that Sean Payton would be the head coach. And when Sean Payton left, those guys stayed around. But I think that I think that when you when you're hired by someone and maybe that person leaves. I think there's a little bit of a dissension. Now, I'm not saying that it was to a point where guys were just arguing with each other in a corner somewhere, but I do feel like when you appoint a new guy that wasn't the guy that you started with, a bunch of ideas start floating around. I can do things this way. I can do things that way, especially when a team isn't finding success, right? It is, you know, if he would have did this, I could have, you know, I could have did that. And, I don't have an issue with him hiring his guys. I don't because I think it's about time for us to really find out what Dennis Allen is made out of. You know, is it, can he put together a staff that can generate wins that remains to be seen, right? You got, you got, um, you know, a new defensive coordinator, which, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for this guy. This guy traveled around Joe Woods. You know, like I said, he spent, uh, two years with the Cleveland Browns, and he also uh, was a defensive coordinator uh, for two seasons uh, with the Denver Broncos. Now, I will say this about Joe Woods. Joe Woods 
was the defensive coordinator, and this will be a second stop under guys who are known for being defensive-minded guys. In, in Denver, he was under Vic Fangio, right? Vic Fangio is a defensive mastermind. I mean, we know what he did with the Chicago Bears, which got him the job with the Denver Broncos. And now he's the new defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. And you had Joe Wood, who was under him. And now Joe Woods uh, goes to another team with Dennis Allen as the head coach, who is a defensive-minded coach. So I, I'm not surprised by this hire because I didn't expect Dennis Allen to go out here and really recruit somebody that is, you know, willing to call their own plays and, you know, would have an issue with him actually calling the game. And I think it was mostly about appointing a guy that can help, you know, install some things during game week. And mostly it would be Dennis Allen actually calling the plays. So when you have guys out there like Brian Flores, when you got guys out there like Steve Wilkes, when you have guys out there, you know, when Vic Fangio was out there, these guys want to call the plays. And these guys want to be a key part of the success of that side of the football. So getting a guy like Joe Woods that would be comfortable with the fact of Dennis Allen calling plays, it's not surprising to me that they end up going that route. Look, as long as Joe Woods can actually coach uh, this team, uh, his calling card was the secondary. Uh, he was a part of Dennis Allen's staff when Dennis Allen was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders at the time, and he was over the secondary. So I think that mostly he's probably going to be focusing on the secondary, even though I feel like the Saints are probably going to get someone to replace Corey Robinson, of course, whose contract expired. So I just think that he's trying to build up his staff. I don't have a problem with that, man. I don't. It, it, he he deserves He deserves the right to be able to appoint his staff. And I just think that we just have to be comfortable with that. Like I said, I don't, I'm not knocking anybody for, you know, getting upset with Dennis Allen and all the decisions that he's making. It makes perfect sense when you're not winning and when you're not generating more uh, wins than losses, uh, you're, you're going to be questioned. And the morale of the who that nation as of right now is pretty low. And it's low because the last time we seen this team, they were losing to a Carolina Panthers team who had an interim coach uh, who had a quarterback that only threw 43 yards in a game. So the morale is extremely low and it's up to them to try to bring people back, you know, up to speed as far as what things used to be. And I'm willing to give him my opportunity because we'll see, you know, you, you no longer have, you, you no longer have excuses to go around. You don't like this is, your team, you appointed these guys, and you made choices. So if things don't work out on the offensive side of the ball when you bring back Pete Carmichael, that's a decision that you made. And bringing in these other guys, those are decisions that you made. So as far as I'm concerned, um, I think it's pretty much do or die right now. And I think that any criticism going forward is definitely warranted because you can, you can no longer say anything about Sean Payton or – Sean Payton's guys, these are your guys that you appointed. So let's try to see if this thing actually works out. And uh, let's see if they can actually find some success uh, going forward. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments, and then we'll uh, go from there. Uh, let's see, Zach Streif with the Broncos. Hmm. Uh, hopefully uh, this failed unit will shut all of us up this upcoming season in August and September. Well, 
Look, I, I don't. I'm not looking for these guys to fail. I, I'm being serious, man. Like, I'm not looking for these guys to fail. I want to see this team successful. You know, I want to make. Sure, I want to know that this team can be successful. I'm not. I'm not praying on a downfall, man. At the end of the day, I love this team. I do this podcast because I love this team, and you watch this podcast because you love this team, and you watch the games because you love this team. So. I, I can understand people being pessimistic about this. I really do. Uh, but let's see where it goes. If if look, if it doesn't go anywhere, then we already know what, what time it is, right? But if it's you know something they can actually turn around, then I think that we all would be on board with that. I think at the end of the day, we just want this team to be successful. And right now, it's led by a guy that has not shown that he can be successful as a head coach when it comes to like wins and losses. So he's going to have to figure some things out and he's going to have to, uh, he's he going to have to build up the confidence of the Huda nation when it comes to him being their leader. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, unknown. Thank you very much for the $5 says I'm glad Dennis Allen is making these moves when they blow up in his face, he'll be fired. And then we get Kayla Williams in 2023. Well, I'm not looking forward to getting Kayla Williams. If that's the case, because that means that your team is pretty terrible. That means you probably, are the worst team in the league if you're getting Kayla Williams. So if that if that happens, then we already know what time it is. And if the Saints are and and if they're in the process of getting Kayla Williams at any time, I'm pretty sure that that means that more than likely Dennis Allen probably won't finish out the season. I mean, if you that bad. I don't like honestly, I don't I don't think they would be that bad. Like uh, thinking about it, like looking at the teams in the South. Be that as it may, nobody has made any moves yet, but you got Tampa, who no longer have Tom Brady. That was their bread and butter. Uh, you got the Atlanta Falcons, even though they got Desmond Ritter, they're not sure about him. You got the Carolina Panthers, who, I mean, what you got, Sam Darnold? You know, like you don't know what you're going to do with that quarterback at that quarterback position. If they draft a guy, that guy still has to get tasked. He still has to develop to be what they want him to be. So, the Saints are right there in the thick of things. So all you have to do is win the division. Like we already seen, like, look how terrible this division was last season. And the Saints still found themselves, like, in the race. You had three teams that finished, what, 7 and 10? And you had, what, one team that was, what, 8 and 9? Like, I mean, it's wide open. Uh, what y'all think about the hires? I like them Woods for the secondary, and the other is for the D-line. Love the hires. Look, I, I think they're going in the right direction, right? Especially, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it a buck. Now we can't be hypocrites about this. We we as you know, black people, we've been talking about lack, lack of representation, and now you know what I'm saying we we have a defensive coordinator in Joe Woods that's coming to this team. So I think that that's a, that's a good look. So for all those people that's talking about the Saints being prejudiced and racist and all that kind of stuff, I guess. Time to put that to bed, right? I mean, if that was the case, then why would he get a guy as a coordinator? But I just think that it's just a good move. I mean, it's a guy that he's familiar with. He's a guy that uh, that has focused on the secondary. And you combine Dennis Allen's expertise with the secondary because when Dennis Allen first started out with the Saints, that was his job. And he gets a guy that when, when Dennis was a head coach at Oakland, he was his secondary guy. And we know that the Saints need to find ways to generate turnovers. And maybe like some of these other guys that have taken steps back, 
maybe they can take a step forward. And maybe Joe Woods will be able to help guys like Paulson Adebo really find themselves, right, and be able to play the way that we want him to play going into his third season. And guys like Alante Taylor, he can take the next step, and Marshawn Lattimore can continue to be that anchor in the secondary. So I, I like the move. And as far as uh, Ty Grantham, I mean, this guy has been a journeyman. He's seen it all, and he's done it all. So getting these two guys here, I think that is a good look, and I think it's something that you can actually build on. Once again, like we'll see. Um, and I'm not knocking anybody for being pessimistic. Once again, it's your prerogative. I mean, you're well within your rights to feel that way. But I'd rather just look and see and see where it's going, you know? Uh, TJ, what's the likelihood the Saints give D.A. another chance if he has another season like this past one with his new staff? I think that it, based on Dennis Allen's past, even though the Saints say they're not judging him on his past, I think that he has to win. I think that the Saints have got to win. I think they, I think they have to be able to be a playoff team this season in order for him to keep his job. I, I do. You you cannot replicate a seven and ten season. First off, rather they they want to admit it or not. I'm 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 just saying. Like you got to put it together. This is a guy who has never put together a winning season as a head coach. Now, you got a lot of fans out here that want to see this boy head on a stake already. But imagine what it's going to be like when this if this was to happen again. You have no excuses anymore is what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be hard for anybody to back you because they're giving you the opportunity to create your staff and to do things your way. And if it doesn't pan out, then I don't see the New Orleans Saints bringing him back. It'll be tough. It will be a very tough sale. You can you can make an argument now about some of the things, right? I mean, you can make an argument about, you know, the quarterback position. We all say that he didn't want Jameis Winston, which it, it seems like, you know, they kind of settled for Jameis Winston because they wanted Deshaun Watson in the beginning, right? They couldn't get Deshaun Watson. He goes to Cleveland, so they had to settle for Jameis, and they end up signing Andy Dalton. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first line of trouble that happened with Jameis, rather it was injury or not, they was quick to yank him and bring in Andy Dalton. And they continued to roll with Andy Dalton, no matter if Andy Dalton played good, average, or below average. So when you're doing things like that, what can Mickey say? You know, well, you know, this wasn't my quarterback. This was Sean quarterback. And Andy Dalton, you know, wasn't, you know, supposed to play at all, to be honest with you. So, this will give you an opportunity. You know, you have the draft. You got some guys out there that you can possibly draft. You know, Derek Carr is still out there right now. I'm pretty sure the Saints have a real strong possibility of landing uh, Derek Carr via trade. So or, or if he gets released, they can sign him. So you're doing things your way. So if things don't pan out, what excuse can you give? You don't have one. And I think Mickey Loomis knows that. Because Mickey Loomis now is being looked at kind of funny. And if he continues to hang his hat on Dennis Allen, then he might find himself on the outside looking in. Or the Saints might have to part ways with him. Or you might see something very shocking like, you know, Mickey Loomis steps down. I mean, so this ain't just about Dennis Allen anymore. This is about Mickey Loomis maintaining his position as a general manager. And you don't want to play around 
wrong with that, right? You done built up all this great capital over the years with the Sean Payton hire, with Drew Brees as the quarterback. You don't want to keep on hitching your wagon to a guy that is proven that he can't win. So we'll see. We'll see. Like th This is do or die, in my opinion. In my opinion, this is do or die for Dennis Allen. So he's going to have to generate some wins, folks. Hit that like button and subscribe to the SOTS. Yeah, I, pre I appreciate that, Keen Arthur, man. Thank you. Sean Payton hired Zach Streif as his O-line coach. Well, that's great. You know, that's great because Zach Streif is an incredibly talented uh, offensive lineman. We already knew that all the years that he played right tackle before Ryan Ramchek got here. Uh, Zach Streif is a, a, a great human being. You know, I, I have had opportunity to have conversations with him before. He's been on a podcast, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I mean, he he started off as the play-by-play the -play guy for the New Orleans Saints, and he wanted to get back in football. And uh, for two years, he's uh, been a part of the offensive line staff. And, uh, you know, now it's time for him to, you know, do his own thing, and I'm happy for him. I think that this is a good move, and uh, I think that he's going to do great things, in my opinion. But I, I could be a little biased because I'm always cheering for a guy, you know, a, a good guy and a very talented guy like Zach Streif. Uh, let's see, what's good? DA is made out of Swiss cheese, holes everywhere. <laughs> the new Raiders being assembled, old brother. Well, like I said, it's, it's his decision. It's his decisions, and whatever happened, it happened. Uh, I knew uh, where ever Sean landed, he was going to pull his guys in. I see the Broncos just hired Zach Street, and and I, and I would not be surprised if you see other New Orleans Saints coaches go go over there. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Chris Richard end up going to the New Orleans Saints. I mean, New Orleans Saints, the Denver Broncos as the defensive coordinator. I feel like, look, I feel like Chris Richard deserves to be a defensive coordinator to be able to call the plays, and I think that. I think that the Denver Broncos will give him the opportunity to do that. So wouldn't surprise me at all if Chris Rashad goes over there. Wouldn't surprise me if Corey Robinson end up with him. Those, those guys were some good coaches. Like, make no mistake about it. Ryan Nielsen, Chris Rashard, Corey Robinson, those guys were some good coaches. And they deserve opportunities to be able to grow, to be able to be elevated. And I'm rooting for them. You know, I'm I'm rooting for him, whatever it may be, you know. Um, and I, I don't know. Like I said, I may be wrong. I think maybe I don't know if uh, Sean Payton uh, hired a defensive coordinator or not. I, I think they, he may have. And if if he did, I apologize. But I think I may have seen something come down today that he actually hired uh, a defensive coordinator. So I don't, I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I think I, I just uh, I may have misspoke. But regardless, Chris Rashard deserves an opportunity somewhere to call some plays. Uh, why are we praying on our team's downfall? Mad just don't make sense. I'm hoping DA turns this thing around. I'm a Saints fan first. I just think that the morale is just bad right now, you know. And I don't, I don't blame folks. You know, like you gotta, you gotta show people something before they believe in it. Like, and you gotta give them something to believe in. And right now, I mean. It don't seem like the offense was doing anything. The last time we seen them, they averaging 19 points a game. The defense was was really good, but if your offense can't move the football, or they can't generate points, then you just kind of behind an eight ball. So I'm not mad at anybody for feeling the way that they do, 
And I'm not even mad at people pessimistic pessimistic about this. All I'm saying is, I you know, you want to root for your team and you want to hope that they're making the best decisions that'll be beneficial to the team. If it's not, then let's have this conversation. You know, but right now, you know, we just looking for the bottom to drop. And um, that's that's not what we want to do. Let's kind of evaluate this thing and look at it for what it is. And then, like, just go as we, you know, as we go, just, you know, critique it then. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I thought about this at the beginning, you know, when I said a few shows about Dennis Allen, about the fact that, you know, I, I'll be okay if it ends up with him not being with the New Orleans Saints. But then I thought about it. I'm like, well, they already basically said, no, he coming back. What can we do about that? Like, what, what can we do about Dennis Allen? Nothing. Like, the only thing we can do now is, is root for him. No, no matter if you were not a fan of Andy Dalton, when he was the starting quarterback of the Saints, like, him throwing passes to Chris Olave and Rasheed Shaheed was beneficial to the Saints' success. So no matter what side of the fence you may land on about these people personally or these players personally, but you want to see the team win. And that's what I want to do. I want to see the team win. I don't want to see guys fumbling the football and blaming it on D.A. I don't want to see quarterbacks throwing interceptions to blame it on D.A. I don't want to do that. I want to see this team win. You know, that that at the end of the day, I just want to see this team win. Whatever they come together and bring together, I just hope it generates some level of success. Because right now, you know, I'm – I don't want to see this team losing. I don't want to see this. I'm cool with the moves. Just don't trade our picks away. I don't think they're going to trade no picks away. It, it would be shocking to me if they trade some picks away. I just think that the Saints are looking at the future. I think that they're really starting to like take a look in the mirror and realize that in order for them to be able to get away, well, in order for them to get where they need to be, they got to follow a new you know, blueprint, because now we see, you know, Sean Payton is in Denver. Like he ain't coming back. Right. He's trying to figure out how he's going to make the Denver Broncos a playoff can a playoff team and a championship contender. So with that, you hire the guys that you want to hire and you bring the Saints into, you know, a Dennis Allen type New Orleans Saints team, whatever that looks like. Right. So. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they're doing the right things to make this, you know, make this his team and offensively they'll be able to improve. Like, I'm, I won't even be mad. Like, I, I'm not looking. I don't like I don't care if the New Orleans Saints are throwing for 300 yards a game. I don't care if they get a quarterback with that type of capability or not. I don't care if they run dominant. As long as it generates in some level of success, I'm cool. I'm cool. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I just wanted to be at the end of the at the end of the day, the Saints have more points than their opponents and they win more games than they lose. He didn't hire one. He allowed one to get uh let me see, get off their contract DC for Denver. Uh who are we talking about here? Who are we talking about? Sean Payton wanted Vic Fangio, but that fell through. Well, sometimes that happens. TJ, do you think a coach not having the personnel to implement his strategy can cause a negative perception of his coaching ability if they don't win? Um, that, yeah, I mean, because at the yeah, I, I think so. Because when you look at it, it's it okay when a team loses, 
it falls squarely on the head coach. It's it's him. It's 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 him. Like if the the team is not successful, if the guys are fumbling the football, if the quarterback throwing picks, it's all gonna fall at the feet of the coach, right? And at the same time, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. When you have a bunch of guys that were not hired by you, they were hired by the guy that left. Well, those guys don't have no level of allegiance to you. Now, you can say, okay, they their job depends on it, but that's about it. Like if the guys don't like believe in what you're selling, then that might be a problem. And we all know how it goes. Like we've all worked in environments where not, you know what I'm saying? There's been times where things may go awry and there's always some people in a corner somewhere hovering and talking about what they could do and what they need to be doing at this job. And if they, they had me doing this, then none of this stuff would be going on. I mean, we see this all the time, right? So I don't feel like it's no different because this is football. I mean, you got a bunch of, of, of guys and, and sometimes uh, women, you know, who have like strong alpha male, alpha female personalities, right? And everybody feel like they have the answer. If you're a defensive coordinator and you were, your defense is pretty good, top five, top 10, you're feeling really good about yourself, right? And when things start getting going awry, you probably feel like I have all the answers, right? It, it, it's, it's no different than at your average workplace. And maybe that could have something to do with it. Maybe that's one of the main reasons why you couldn't acquire or keep a guy like Ryan Nielsen. And then on top of that, maybe Ryan Nielsen wanted to call the plays. Like we we are looking at trying to we're we're looking at trying to uh, trying to contain guys, but you, you can also stun a guy's growth by trying to keep them around. Like how are they gonna be able to grow? How are they gonna be able to prosper? Like if you're not calling the plays in real time, like that's that's stunting your growth. You might have that capability. Like we gotta look at this from a, a personal standpoint too. As we grow on our jobs, we want more opportunities. We want more opportunities to to move up the corporate ladder, to make more money. Now, imagine like just because you're good at something, somebody just keeps you in that spot because they don't have to worry about it. But at the same time, you're seeing all these other people elevating and growing and, and getting promotions and you still right here. Wouldn't that make you upset when you feel like, Man, you know, I've been here for a long time. I've been doing my job to the best of my ability. At least somebody come up to me and and give me an offer. Let me at least say no if I, I don't want it. Right. So what's the difference? So I do think that you can you can probably have like a rift in between, you know, coaches and stuff, especially like when it's not his guys. And of course, like that could affect it because we're not looking at that as fans. We're not looking at. You know, those guys may be, you know, questioning like the type of guy that he is. Is he got does he have what it takes? We don't see that. All we see is a guy going to the podium, giving us whole hum responses and um, not really giving us the confidence that you have the answers going forward to help this team get better. But I mean, there's a lot of things behind closed doors that we're not privy to. And it could, you know, cause, you know, a, a, a issue. Who knows? Um, but at the end of the day, you're the coach. So if there is an issue, it's your job to try to fix it. And if you can't fix it, then 
I think it's well within everyone's rights to wonder, do we have the right guy? If Andy Dalton starts this next season, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. Well, if the Saints draft a rookie quarterback and if they draft Hendon Hooker, which I hope they do, that's probably what you're going to get. I mean, you might as well just <laughs> brace yourself for that. You know, if they get themselves a rookie quarterback, they're probably going to bring back Andy Dalton as a bridge quarterback until that guy develops. Or, you know, if in the case of Hendon Hooker, he gets well enough in order for him to be able to play and understand the playbook. So brace yourself. Uh, Y'all need Jimmy G. I think the Saints probably going to end up talking to Jimmy Garoppolo. Wouldn't surprise me if they if they didn't, uh, if they did talk to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it's a good move. You know, if you put a good defense around Jimmy, Jimmy has proven that he can make some plays. Jimmy has taken over games from time to time. Uh, and if you put a, a good running game with him, kind of similar to what San Fran did, I think you can find some levels of success. And, you know, I, I think that that would – I wouldn't be mad if they was to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't be mad at that. My biggest concern with Jimmy is can he stay healthy? You know, that, that's been an issue for Saints uh, starting quarterbacks over the last few years. That includes Drew Brees towards the twilight of his career. Uh, you know, guys not being able to stay healthy. Drew Brees got hurt. Uh, Taysom Hill got hurt. Jameis Winston got hurt. So you need some stability at the quarterback position. You need some guys that – you need a guy that's going to be a borderline Ironman that's going to be available for you week after week. If you don't have a starting quarterback and he's always down, then you're going to still fall into the same situations. So that's the way I see it. That, that's the one thing that bothers me about Jimmy G is he, he can't stay healthy. And why would you want to risk your job and you know risk the season by trying to sign a guy that has proven that he can't stay healthy? So that's that's something that's that's a huge red flag for me. I don't care how talented you are. I mean, we all talk about this all the time here, right? We talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is uber uber talented, right? But we haven't seen that talent on display for almost three seasons, right? In small, really, really small sample size. So no matter how talented you are, no matter what you can bring to the table. If you're not propping up and sitting up, you know, un, up under the table, then what can we do? Thanks, Sean wants Taysom in Denver. I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does, but Taysom Hill is under contract. And, you know, as long as he's under contract, unless the Saints try to move him, you know, he's going to be here. And they'll be a, they will be foolish if they were to get rid of him. But I do feel like if you're not going to utilize his talent, and you want to move on from that, then, yeah, I think you should let him go. At least try to trade him or something, you know, in order for you to get some something back for him. If you're not going to use him to his full capacity, then, yeah, I think that you should consider trading him. Uh, DA has uh, to win the division next season to keep his job. They have the second easiest schedule in the league. Well, I, I never want to say the schedule easy because teams get better every single season. Like, they may have a little bit of some bad luck one season, but you start, you know, getting a GM, you start getting a new head coach, you start getting personnel, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not as bad as you once were. 
So teams get better all the time. So on paper, based on what that team did last season, it's going to say that they have an easy schedule. But we all know that teams get better every single season. So I, that that term, easy schedule, I'm always kind of skittish about that because guys, you know, teams get better every single year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Taysom went to Denver. Uh, if he was an unrestricted free agent, he definitely would go to Denver. But because he's under contract with the Saints, the Saints would have to, you know, trade him. Uh, keep it clean in the chat. Uh, I'd rather see Jameis. You're not going to see Jameis. Uh, I, I would be, I'd be shocked if Jameis Winston is on his roster in 2023. Shocked. But I, th- I think it's over with. Nah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if I see Jameis Winston in Denver as a backup for um, for Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't see Denver trading more picks this year for Hill. No, nah, I don't see it either. Get ready to have a mental breakdown than Joe Dog. I'm going to throw it down a little bit. Uh, Jimmy doesn't suck at all. It's his availability is what hurts him. Yeah. I mean, you got to you gotta be available. No matter how talented you are, if you're not, you're not available, then you're not available. This is a state of the Saints. Uh, not state of black history. Stay on topic. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jimmy doesn't uh, suck at all. I already read that. Uh, where did... I don't know what we're talking about there. Uh, we played the a- AFC South. That's why people think it's going to be easy. Those teams have no nowhere to go but up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You can, you can look at a schedule and look at what that team once was. And you can say, well, it's an easy schedule. But, man, these teams get better every single year. And you have to take into account, maybe the team isn't that bad. Because we'll say how good the Saints would have been if Michael Thomas would have stayed healthy, if Jarvis Landry would have stayed healthy, if the half of the offensive line wasn't hurt. Like, if we can talk about all these different things to try to put our mind at ease as a team, but we're not going to do that for other teams that probably went through the same thing, like the Tennessee Titans, like they had – a little bit of the injury bug that was going on. You know, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, they they have issues with, at the head coaching position, uh, you know, but they're a talented football team. I'm just not, I'm just not one of those individuals that just, just look at last year and just be like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, we all thought that New Orleans Saints, based on how they finished the 2021 campaign, was an indication of what 2022 was going to be. And we all were wrong, right? But we have to also take into account, like I said, the injuries, right? And we did that. And I'm pretty sure some of those other teams did the same exact thing. The fan base did the same exact thing, but it didn't pan out. But we're sitting up here hoping that there's nowhere to go but up. And like you mentioned, inevitable, uh, that's what we want. So those other teams are probably going to get better. This is a sane channel, not a foolish channel. And F your feelings. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, draft a quarterback, draft a quarterback, draft a quarterback for the love of God. Look, my dog, I'm in a look, I'm in a business of drafting a quarterback. I definitely am, but I'm not in the business of drafting a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. Because if, even if you draft a quarterback, that don't mean that he's going to be good. Or here's the thing: he may not be a good fit for your team. So we can draft a quarterback with the 29th pick. We can draft a quarterback with the 48th pick. But if that's not a good fit, 
or they don't feel like they got the right coaches in place to help this guy succeed, I'm not mad at that. If, if the Saints with the 29th pick draft the offensive lineman like Osiris Torrance out of Florida, I'm not mad at that because they need a guard. Why would we be mad at that? If they was to draft a, a big body possession receiver at 29, I wouldn't be mad at that because they need that. If they just so happen to be able to get the running back out of Texas with the 29th pick, I'm not mad at that. There, there's so many other things that they actually need, too, on top of the quarterback. And like I said, if he's not the right guy for their system, don't don't draft you. Don't draft the guy. Seriously. And I wouldn't be mad at that. I don't care who it is. You know, I, I do feel like when it comes to a guy like Hendon Hooker, I feel like he's a guy that is going to be much better than some of these draft boards are saying that he is. And we're talking about guys who have come into the league. You know, people like to talk about his age, but I've seen over the last couple of years some guys that come in, you know, a little bit older than most, and they end up being pretty damn good. You know, I think we talk about like guys like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, what he got drafted, he was like 24, 25. So, I mean – there's opportunity for guys, you know, to be able to come into the league and be able to give you exactly what you need right then and there. So I'm not mad. I'm not looking at a guy's age. I'm not looking at all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, you draft a guy that you feel like is makes you more comfortable and be able to address the position that you actually need. And I'm just not in the business of drafting a quarterback just because I need a quarterback. Because if it don't pan out, you're going to be right back in the same position that you're in. You're going to be ticked off as a fan base. We're going to be frustrated at the play. We're going to be frustrated at the uh, the front office. So do what you feel is best to help this team. And if a guy like Osiris Torrance gets in there and he plays really well, who's going to say anything? We only get mad when guys don't pan out and they're not giving us what we feel they need to give us as a fan base or you know coaches get mad when a, a player not giving them what they want you know as a member of the team but if that guy does then nobody gonna say anything at all tj how do you feel about the new dc i'm afraid tj we're doomed would you trade a pick we got for sean payton for Derek carr no uh, i would not i would not trade the 29 overall pick for uh, a guy that's in his 30s in Derek Carr. And then another thing, you won't even have to trade a first-round pick for Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not first-round worthy. You know, that's that's not him. Like, you can get a – you can trade a third-round pick for a guy like Derek Carr. So, no, I wouldn't do that. And I'm not looking at what's the worst that can happen. I'm looking at it like a wait-and-see type thing because, look, this is a whole nother year. You know, all this stuff that happened last year, I'd rather leave that stuff where it's at and focus on what this team actually need. You know, I find myself being very, very frustrated and upset when I'm going down that route. Now, if they do something that is insane, of course I'm going to say something about it. But I don't want to – I can't get mad at something that I haven't really seen yet. Now, I can have like a, you know, a feeling about it and maybe that will cause me to be upset, but – I'd rather have a wait and see approach and see how this thing goes before I'm just, man, this ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. Then we might well don't even watch football this season. Like, seriously, like we might well don't even watch football. If you if you feel 
that we not gonna make it or our team gonna be trash. Why even subject yourself to this nonsense? But we all want to see these guys succeed. So that's the way I that, that's the way I do it. Um, as far as this new defensive coordinator, I think that he's gonna be a good fit based on how the New Orleans Saints operate, right? Under Dennis Allen as the defensive coordinator slash head coach. So Joe Woods, who is the new defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, I don't expect for him to be calling plays unless you have like one of those situations where, you know, a, a couple of years ago when Sean Payton tore his ACL on the sidelines and couldn't coach and you had P. Carmichael calling plays. It, it, and that's the only way you'll see a guy like Joe Woods calling plays for for a couple of weeks. It's just not going to happen. You know, Dennis Allen is going to be calling plays. So you can say whatever you want to say about Dennis Allen. That man can coach the heck out of some defense. So I'm pretty comfortable with, with any direction the Saints defense goes in because I know him as a defensive coordinator, he's going to do the best, the best, he's going to do the best job to make sure that that defense is straight. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he's like the majority of the the remodel is happening on the side of the football that he mostly likes to control. Uh, let's see. Uh, I feel what you're saying, TJ, about drafting a quarterback, and I respect it, but we haven't drafted a first-round quarterback since Archie, but we have went uh, the free agent route plenty, only Drew worked. Yeah, my, I mean, look, I know there's that old saying, you know, um, you know, anybody, you know, that tries to repeat history is da- um, damn to repeat it. You know, by, you know, going out here trying to get these free agent uh, guys and they just don't pan out. I mean, what, the Jim Everett's of the world, the Billy Joe Hovers, the Billy Joe Tolliver's, the Wade Wilson's. Man, I can go on and on. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Brooks, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Blake, even though I feel like those guys were probably some of the best. They gave you m- more moments, but they still didn't give you that elite, you know, borderline Hall of Fame, top Saints all time. And if they are top Saints all time, it's kind of by default because of all the bad quarterback play that they had in the past. So they kind of the best by fault, right? It's not the fact that they just were knocking people's socks off. It's just the fact that the rest of the quarterbacks weren't as good. But I, I will say this once again, I'm not, I don't have an issue with that. If my, if they find a quarterback and they've been evaluating this guy and they look at him and he had, he checks all the boxes and we all know like, Ty McShay and, and Mel Kuyper, they, they have these big boards, and but it don't always be like this. It, it, it doesn't always pan out that way. We've seen where they thought a guy was going to be projected as a top five pick. They end up falling. Case in point, Marshawn Lattimore. They had Marshawn Lattimore going like, like fourth to the Bears, right? But he fell to the New Orleans Saints at 12. You get what I'm saying? Like there's like, and, and now look at Marshawn Lattimore. He's like arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He locked down half of the field. And this guy was a top, he was a top five. You know, he was supposed to be a top five pick, but it didn't happen that way. So all I'm saying is these draft boys end up, you know, having a way of kind of, you know, falling to, you know, a certain way. And you might find yourself like, man, we might end up getting these guys. Like you might think the top 10 go a certain way. And then all of a sudden, like you have like four or five picks that you see, like the bills, you know, they don't need a quarterback or, you know, like the, the Bengals, you know, they don't, you know, they don't need no quarterback. Now all of a sudden those guys kind of fall to you and then you end up drafting them. So 
if it's the right guy, if it's the right guy and he fits your scheme and you you can see a you have a vision of what he can actually be, then draft him. But just don't draft a guy just like, you know what? We haven't drafted a first round draft pick since Archie Manning at quarterback. Let's go ahead and draft one. I'm not I'm not in that business because my we're going to find ourselves being in the same spot on another day talking about the Saints needing a quarterback. And I'd rather the New Orleans Saints get talent that they know for a fact that they did their due diligence and it works within their system than to just draft a guy to make us happy. Because here's the reality, folks. The Saints don't want to make us happy. You know what I'm saying? They want to make us happy, but they not listening to us like that. And, and they shouldn't because a lot of us make these decisions that are impulsive. And some of us, include myself, we don't know what the heck we talking about most times. Like, we don't know what the ins and outs, like, we not in a facility like that. So I don't expect for the New Orleans Saints to be looking at the State of the Saints podcast, which I'm pretty sure, like, some of them do, you know. But I'm not expecting for them to listen to something that I say and then get on the phone and try to make a trade or try to wheel and deal because I said something. If that's the case, then somebody needs to pay me or somebody needs to be fired because I never had a job as any type of executive or any type of coach in the National Football League before. So you shouldn't even be listening to me. Basically, my thoughts and my logic are based on the things that they do. And, of course, you know, I follow football throughout my, my entire life. But you shouldn't just be sitting up there listening to me and then doing what I'm telling you to do or doing what Ross tell you to do or doing what Nick Underhill and Triplett tell you to do. Like, if you're doing that, then somebody needs to be fired. And maybe somebody that's, that's talking needs to be hired. T, uh, TJ, if uh, they went nine and eight this next season, would you keep him another year? Depends on how the nine and eight look and depends on like if they make the playoffs. Because here's the reality, folks. The Saints haven't made the playoffs in two seasons. So that's two years without making the playoffs. So he he's done he's done something that they hasn't been done in the last two years. So I'm pretty sure he's probably going to be considered to come back for a third season if that was to happen. My moderators, we got TJ's back, consider us the SOTS security guards. Well, I appreciate that. I'm not sure exactly what's going on in the chat, uh, but uh, I appreciate you all holding that down. Cars getting cut anyway. Ain't nobody talking that uh, taking that contract uh, he has from the Raiders. I agree with that. Why? Why would you try to pay a guy $40 million uh, when you don't have to? Why do that, right? Leave that at the feet of the Raiders. And he's not trying to help the Raiders, as y'all can see. I don't know if you've been following the reports. He's not trying to help the Raiders, which he shouldn't, because the Raiders aren't going to help him. The Raiders didn't help him when they decided to uh, sit him on a bench for Jared Stidham. So that man deserves his money. And once again, I'm not mad at the New Orleans Saints if they sign Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a, a, a huge upgrade for what the Saints have, you know, and what they had at quarterback. They, he is. You may not like Derek Carr. You may, you know, look at him and some people question his mental makeup. Some people question, oh, why the Raiders put this team and put this person and that person there and he still can't get over the hump. Well, I can't answer that question. But I do know that this dude is pretty accurate and based on – the way that he plays the quarterback position, 
And based on what Pete Carmichael is accustomed to over the 15 years he's been with the New Orleans Saints, or 16, I can't remember. I don't know if it's 15 or 16, but regardless, he he fits that mode. So I, I think that you're going to see some some really good quarterback play from a guy like Derek Carr if he was to come to the Saints. Nobody's perfect, you know, but it, it'll be better than what the Saints put on the field last season, I can tell you that. It's sad, TJ, I don't trust Dennis Allen's decision-making at all. I feel like he's not smart enough to make logical decisions that will better the team. Uh, he's too incompetent. Well, you're well within your rights to feel what, how you feel about Dennis Allen. Like, you have to win in order for people to believe in you. And if you ask him that, if he's being real, like, he knows that. Like, he, he has to understand that people are frustrated. He has to understand that people want to see their team successful. They want to see the coaches be able to get the best out of these players. They want to see coaches holding players accountable. They want to see that. He And, and if you're just getting upset with that, then, man, I have to question your mental makeup because it's about winning. It, like, you can be the nicest person in the world. Like, you can be the friendliest person in the world. Everybody can like you. Everybody can sing your praises. But at the end of the day, if you're not generating results, then they're going to get rid of you. It's just that simple. I don't care what type of talent you have. I don't care how good you are. If you can't put it on the field, then nobody is going to give you an opportunity. And this is the chance for him to be able to do it. The morale is low in the Houdat Nation, and it's because the Saints aren't winning. So if you want people to change their mind, you want people to start believing in you, win some games. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, before Joe Burrow came, people were looking at Zach Taylor like, man, I don't know about this Taylor guy, right? I mean, you had, what, Driscoll out there playing quarterback, Andy Dalton, you know, with a little splash of Andy. And this man looked like he was on his way out. And then comes here comes manna raining down from heaven in the form of Joe Burrow. And now the Bengals are one of the best teams in the league. So you got to win, man. You you got to win. If, you, if you're not going to win, then nobody's going to believe in what you're trying to sell. So the morale is the morale because you're not winning. You got to give people something to believe in. If if you are married or you're dating somebody and they tell you telling this person, they telling you, I love you. I love you, too. Well, if they're not showing it, how are you going to how are you going to believe they love you? Right. I love you. But, you know, you ain't doing nothing for me. You say you love me, but you know I, I walk. I come home from a hard day at work. My dishes ain't washed. You know, uh, it, you know you, you say you love me, but you know you, you don't take me out. You know you don't you don't give me you know little special little surprises. Like you'll feel a certain type of way about it too, right? So it's the same way. Like you you got to show people that you are competent. You got to show people that you are that dude. And right now. He hasn't shown anybody. He hasn't shown it on, you know, as, as a head coach, he hasn't shown that he can generate results. So you want to change people's mind? When? Uh, I think the Raiders are just going to release Carr. I don't see teams trading for him. I don't either. Uh, y'all have us out of our aviators laughing uh, for y'all. Must have forgotten uh, we're Jets. I don't know exactly what that means. Sometimes you, you lose me sometimes. Wow, I thought we we're on one accord. The hostility is real today. I don't know exactly what the heck is going on. 
if somebody can actually uh, kind of brief me on exactly what happened, because it seemed like to me the the chat has has having an issue. Uh, who has Dennis Allen uh, tapped to be the fart team's coach? Uh, I heard it was either Matt LaFart or Marty Stinkenheimer. Well, I'll be ripping them. I'm not sure who that is. It's like I don't understand like, why you got a picture of Lady Gaga on the screen. I don't know what that has to do with fratulence, but uh, uh, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Can we please stop talking about this nonsense and talk Saints football? What, what is we actually talking about? What, what are we talking about? That's what I want to know. I, I'm interested to know what exactly happened because I'm I'm dialed in right now. I think Carr is going to be somewhere else, especially if Rodgers goes to the Raiders. Uh, he could be on his way to the Jets. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, I'm, I think a lot of people are just tired of Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers has been given everything that he actually wanted. The reason why Devontae Adams is no longer with the Green Bay Packers is because of him. The reason why the Green Bay Packers have to go younger is because of him. He's taking up the majority of the cap. Now, it's not his fault that that's happening. But at the same time, if you want a team to be successful and you're taking up the majority of the cap and they can't go out here and get other guys to bring in to make the team better, how can you be mad at them? You can't. All right? So if you're just taking and taking and taking – and it's not equating to some level of success, long-term success, uh, the success that the team wants. And most of the time it, it's on you. What can you do? Like you look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had home field advantage, like what, on like three different occasions, NFC Championship game in Green Bay, you still losing, right? And it had a lot to do with the fact that he didn't play well. And he, you know, and if he's being honest with himself, he'll he'll say that. So I don't understand what he wants. Like these people in Green Bay would be willing to give him anything he wants. And I can tell you right now, um, if you think you're gonna go to the Jets, as as um bad as that franchise has been over the years, if you think you're gonna go to the Jets and be able to do some of the stuff that you're doing with Green Bay and having that whole prima donna type attitude, and you don't think those people are gonna chew you up and spit you out, you sadly mistaken. I'd rather you sit sit there and, and stay in Green Bay because those people are going to be like, please, please, Aaron, please come back. But if you go out there and you you playing average in New York, they're going to be like, get this bum out of here. I don't care what he did. I don't care what type of arm talent he got. You know, those those fans are ruthless. They are ruthless. Uh, the only thing I trust Dennis Allen with is throwing a challenge flag. Yeah, he's pretty good at that and keeping timeouts. I mean, this time management is pretty good. It's just, you know, there are times where there's some head scratches when it comes to, like, you know, the last five minutes of the game. Jameis Winston was a starter for, what, five, six years? You don't accomplish that if you suck. I mean, Jameis Winston does not suck. He doesn't suck. You know, I just think that the reputation that he has, people just can't get away from, right? I mean, it, it, it's kind of one of those situations where, you're already doomed before you even hit the room when it comes to a guy like that. Like people already talking about him. People look, it's a lot of things about Jameis Winston that people look at and they just kind of pinpoint it and it just kind of turns people off. And it's not even his fault. Like it's like the way he talk, you know, with like the, with the country uh, twang or whatever, 
or like some of the analogies that he used. You know, a lot of people just feel like, what, he, what is he talking about? So it's a lot of things that that Jameis Winston does outside of playing a quarterback position that people just kind of attack. It, it's almost like it's, it's almost like um, the guy in school who thinks that, you know, he's the coolest thing ever. But people are like, man, look at this dude over here, man. He think he cool, but he ain't. And then all of a sudden, like, everybody else, like, yeah, he think he cool, but he ain't. And then you have the mob mentality. And then you got people that just give him that level, that, that reputation. Like, nobody really gives this dude the opportunity to really show what he can do. And we just basically build up this dude's – we build up all this negative attention on this dude based on – what's the word that I'm looking for? We do it based on – hunches like it's like well da don't want him to start because he ain't good enough to play or sean payton left because he knew Jameis winston wasn't the answer like we just automatically like just come up with these narratives that you know that you have about james so it's 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 his fault like if james was good enough sean would have never left or you know like da just realized he wasn't that good Nobody comes out here and say these things. Nobody comes out here and 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 and, and validates them at all. It's just it's just what we feel. And then all of a sudden, you get a couple of people in the corner, and then all, all of a sudden you start getting into agreement. Now you got yourself a mob mentality. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of this dude in a Saints uniform to say that he's not good enough. I ain't seen enough for this dude did last season to say that he wasn't good enough. I, I just think that was just one of the cases where I don't think the Saints really wanted this guy. Seriously. I, I, I think that they wanted to go in a different direction and they kind of settled for him, you know, because I don't think they felt like they had the, the coaches outside of Sean Payton to be able to work with him to be able to channel or, you know, work on some of the things they felt like he was lacking in, but that's not his fault. Because we see this all the time. Like, we see guys who the league has given up on, and then they go somewhere, and then they get some production out of it. You think, like, a guy like Geno Smith, he just automatically just, you know, life just came on for him, you know? And Geno Smith traveled around the league quite a bit when he went to the Jets, then the Giants, then the Chargers. You know, so he, and before he got to Seattle, now he's the comeback player of the year. And if you ask me, I feel like, Jameis Winston is better than Geno Smith as far as uh, playing a quarterback position. So I, I'm not – I ain't seen enough. I, I think that if you find a guy who is willing to invest in him and be able to give him opportunity, like, don't be surprised. I'm telling you, do not be surprised if Jameis Winston playing for the Carolina Panthers. Don't be surprised if you see him, like, out there, you know, with the Denver Broncos. Like, don't be surprised. With, with guys who feel like they can get the best out of those those individuals. Because you got to keep in mind, the Jet was fueled up to bring him to Indianapolis before he re-signed with the New Orleans Saints. And who was the head coach of the Colts? Frank Wright. And what is Frank Wright known for? Taking quarterbacks that people have given up on and turning them into valuable assets. So I'll just leave it at that. People don't realize Jameis Winston had three coaches and four offensive coordinators in five years, and he was young. All I'm saying is sometimes that that just happens. Like, 
we we take I mean, we take hunches and thoughts and we try to we try to uh you know be philosophers about it right you know with philosophers you take a certain text and you try to find an inner meaning behind it it's a lot of that stuff going on when it comes to james in my opinion tj would you give up a first uh round pick for trey lance this 29th uh, uh pick yeah I, I would i would because i mean the 29th pick to me i mean it's basically like a high second round pick so yeah i would if if a, this first round pick can give you a quarterback that you know ha, can give you sustainable success for five to ten years, I take it. I'm taking it. Like while people up here trying to gather up draft picks and no, I want to do that. No, no. What are we doing? What are we doing? We are trying to find a guy who can lead this team into the future. We are trying to establish a succession plan. Post Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is going to what his third season, being retired. So if this means that I'm getting a guy that can give me success for five to ten years, I'm taking it. I'm not look. I'm not trying to just find a guy or just draft a guy. Oh, you know, I ain't never seen him play in an NFL. So let's just give him a chance because we 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 see guys. We 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 listen to the hype, right? We listen to the hype. All the draft boards, the Mel Kuypers, the you know the Ty McShays, and when these guys come in, and then all of a sudden, if they ain't just blowing the roof off places, then all of a sudden we just like, nah, he ain't it. Next, and then all of a sudden, like it's another guy they doing the same thing to. He comes into the league. Now he still has that that shine on him, right? And and he's new and he's fresh. It's like a a toy on Christmas when you're when you're a seven or eight year old kid, right? And all of a sudden, like it's the greatest toy ever, right? And and we just kind of fall in love with it. But at the same time, we're not looking at the fact that we still, when you draft a quarterback, he still has to go through those same type of things in order to prove to us that he has what it takes. And then I don't even feel that if you draft a guy and it doesn't work out. That means that that guy is trash because there's a lot of things that go into success for a quarterback. We've seen like people downplay guys like Alex Smith, but they want to take into account that Alex Smith has seven, seven offensive coordinators in his first seven seasons in the National Football League. We'll just say, well, Alex Smith ain't good enough. How can you be good if you're just constantly changing a playbook? And I don't know if y'all understand this. I don't know if some people ever ever play football. But basically, take the yellow pages, right? Take the yellow pages and have it, you know what I'm saying, and try to learn the names in that yellow pages for a year. And then all of a sudden, here comes some more, you know what I'm saying, here comes, you know, the yellow pages in Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> okay, I learned all these these, this, these names in this yellow pages here in New Orleans, now I got to learn in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, then the next year. Well, I know you learned all this in Kansas City, but now we're going in New Jersey. Here, Here's the New Jersey yellow page. Like, what are we doing, right? So imagine this man had to absorb different concepts for seven straight years in a playbook the size of the yellow pages. 
And you have to understand these cadence and concepts and all these different things. So how can you succeed in it? I mean, you need a Harvard or Yale degree in order for you to do that. And I don't think we really just look at these guys and what they have to learn and what the concepts are. And sometimes it's just not a good fit. So I'm not writing guys off. But back to the Trey Lance thing, if Trey Lance can give me five to 10 years of success, why not? I'm not in the business of just not getting a guy or not willing to trade a pick for a guy just because the shine is no longer on him. He can come to this team and maybe what San Francisco is asking him to do or what he, you know what I'm saying, what he's not doing, maybe, you know, he can do it with the, with the Saints, as crazy as that may sound. And I get it. People will say, well, it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I can't explain that, but that don't mean that the guy can't be successful. We look at the coaches like, oh, he's a great coach, so therefore it's supposed to work. Well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is, for the most part, he has developed quarterbacks and made them play at a high level. But I'm pretty sure he had some misses in the past too, and those guys have went somewhere else and found success. I'm pretty sure you can find that, but but all I'm saying is I ain't seen enough of Trey Lance. I have not seen enough of Trey Lance for me to say that Trey Lance ain't good enough. And the only reason why we would be talking about Trey Lance or saying Trey Lance isn't good enough because of Brock Purdy. Because Brock Purdy went undefeated. Like, think about what you're saying. This guy has been a starting quarterback for seven on seven starts. He has, what, won like seven and lost one, right? But it just wasn't him just lighting it up for full 500 yards. There's a lot of handoffs, and it was a lot of checkdowns that turned into big plays. But what we'll say is he's a winner. But that don't mean that Brock Purdy, like we only seen this for one year. What happens if Brock Purdy, they end up starting him, and the next thing you know, he's throwing interceptions and throwing more picks than Razor Ramon. Then all of a sudden, like, man, what's wrong with him? Like, he must not have been that good. All I'm saying is you got to give people opportunities. You got to give people opportunities, and with the 29th pick, if – Trey Lance is is young. Uh, he has plenty of time to grow in a system. So, yeah, I would take him. I would take him. I would give the 29th pick to this guy because I feel like he can be a franchise quarterback. Just like you would, you know, draft a guy at quarterback at the 29th pick, hoping that he is the franchise quarterback. So, I would. Facts and crazy things thing is Kayla Williams might not even be the answer or work for our system a couple losses by him and they'll turn on him too all I'm saying is it's the it's the it's the it's the fresh effect a lot of a lot of us fall in love with the fresh effect it's not even the fact that the guy is that good we see highlights we see these guys practicing we see the arm talent we see all these things and we just think about the possibilities of what this guy can do for our team. But that don't mean that it's going to equate to success. I get it, man. Draft time is one of the most exciting times in football. It it, it brings change. Like, these guys have to develop, but we just feel like, man, that one guy that can come in and that can just change the fortune of your franchise. And if that guy isn't doing that right away, then all of a sudden, like we just like like a toy that batteries that ran down and we ain't got no double A's in the house. We just throw it to the closet and go to the next toy that, that has some batteries or the next toy that gives us some type of, you know, some some type of pride or happiness about it. All I'm saying is 
we can't just throw guys away like that. I, I, I got I got completely understand how the draft works. I completely understand how the draft makes people feel. But that doesn't mean that just because a guy walked across the stage in a, in a nice tailor-made suit that he's going to end up being a face of a franchise and he's going to win you multiple Super Bowls. See this all the time, right? I mean, Mar- Mar- Marcus Davenport looked good in the suit, right? And right now, you know, nobody b- believes for the most part in, in uh, Marcus Davenport. Man, who else? I mean, who else walked across that stage with a suit on? Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner looked good, you know, walked across the stage in a tailor-made suit. Checked all the boxes. Tall, long wingspan, all these different things. Play inside and out. Anybody out here just saying, man, boy, watch what Peyton Turner do next season. Ain't nobody saying that. Sometimes you even forget Peyton Turner on the team. No, no disrespect. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. I mean, I know, I believe this dude can be something, you know, I'm not going to just write him off because he had two years of a little bit of bad luck. But all I'm saying is we fall in love with the fresh effect. And then if that guy isn't giving us what we want right away, then all of a sudden he's not good enough. And don't, don't allow, you know, the, you know, the mainstream sports media to come on, you know, then all of a sudden, like, man, they, they telling us all these reasons why he ain't good. If, you know, <laughs> all I'm saying is, man, I give, I got to give guys opportunities. I, I give guys opportunity to go through these growing pains before I just completely just wipe them off the face of the earth. Uh, if they trade Lance, he might end up in Tennessee. I read. Well, I mean, that would be a good spot for him. You know, a good combination of Derrick Henry, Play action pads. I can see that. Put up a shut up for Coach Allen. Improves uh, have to be made. Yeah, I mean, improvements definitely have to be made. If you're not improving, then we already know. I'm curious, who do the Saints have on the offensive staff that develops a quarterback? Seriously, they don't. So whoever they get the next quarterback, uh, why uh, some people think uh, that's all it takes. Head coach haven't. And OC won't. Well, it's it's not so much about that, but you have to also have to ask yourself this question. Ask yourself this question. When have we had conversations about this quarterback? Like when, when, like honestly, we just started having conversations about quarterback three years ago. So who did they have to develop for 15 years? See, here's the here's the thing we're not understanding. For 15 years, we've had one quarterback. That we like this was a position that nobody really paid that much attention to. Now, towards the end of Drew Brees' career, we started talking about arm talent, but ain't nobody was sitting up here talking about the Saints ain't gonna go to the playoffs. Nobody was talking about the Saints gonna win nothing but seven games. Nobody was saying these things. So for 15 years, you had great quarterback play that you didn't have to concern yourself with. So if we're talking about who, you know, who have they developed, the real question is. How did they? How would they have time to develop? Them? The Saints don't didn't draft quarterbacks, as you already know. They're not going to be able to develop them because if you want to be real, like if unless you like the only way the New Orleans Saints would have really invested and put a lot into the quarterback position if in 2017 they would have got their hands on Patrick Mahomes. None of those other guys that just came in that can threaten Drew Brees at all. Seriously, they probably was they probably was decent, had a good arm, but 
They weren't going to be out no Drew Brees. They weren't going to beat him out. So why would I be sitting up here wasting my time when I know I got the quarterback that is a franchise quarterback, borderline Hall of Famer, that's going to be taking up 99.9% of the snaps at practice. I, I, I don't count the other one, you know, the point one, because maybe you have to go over there and run, get some Gatorade to come back into the huddle. All I'm saying is we ain't seen it. So I can't just, I can't sit up here and say that they're not capable of doing it. I don't know. I don't know if they're not capable of doing it because we never had to really see it go on in real time. We never really had a guy that was really, truly our guy. Drew Brees was even Drew Brees. Drew Brees became our guy, but nobody knew what he was going to be. It's not like Drew Brees came into this thing straight up, like balling out. Like, yeah, he went to the Pro Bowl, but Drew Brees wasn't doing these things that with that Later on in his career, he 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 did. So I don't know. I can't say that they, they don't have the capabilities of doing it. Now, it's well within your rights to be skeptical about it because you haven't seen it done. But who, you know, like what rookie quarterback have you seen that they really just put the emphasis on? Like right now, if they draft a quarterback in the first round. They're going to put emphasis on that quarterback because they ain't got nobody else. You drafting a guy in the third round and Drew Brees is your starting quarterback, man, sit over here and take notes, kid. So I, I can't say that they don't have the capability of doing it. I don't know. We didn't have this problem. You know, we, 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 we didn't have that problem. As much as I understand the toy analogies, you have to show me that you are a toy that is worth buying, despite physical traits. If you can't use them, it's a dud. All I'm saying is, how can you, like, you ever had a phone, Brian? You ever had a phone, and you just get the phone? Most of us, like, right right now, you know, this is my iPhone, right? I got my iPhone right here. There's a lot of things that an iPhone can do. How many times have we, like, utilized everything that the iPhone does? How many times does our iPhone or our or our Android phone does something like, man, I ain't know it could do that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, th there's there's things about these guys that you don't even know, right? Because between the conversations that, that I had about these guys, basically the conversation of saying, well, man, throw this dude up out of here. He ain't worth your time, right? And we start believing that stuff. But are we doing a due diligence? Are we looking at these guys? Are we looking at all 22? Nine times out of 10, we not. And then on top of that, if a guy goes to a bad spot, which we're not taking into account, we are not taking this into account. The best players go to the worst teams. And most of the time, those teams are, they're, they're going through a rebuild. Rather it's a new coach, rather it's new coordinators, it's something. So if that guy doesn't come out and just be a bona fide certified dog from the jump, all of a sudden, like he ain't all he want, he cracked up to be. I mean, maybe the staff isn't good. And then on top of that, the guy may not be all he cracked up to be. And then a year or two, we, I mean, two years later, the coach is fired. So why isn't that taken into account? Why did the coach get fired? The coach got fired because he didn't get this guy to play to the best of his ability. Then all of a sudden, in comes another coach. And you start to see this guy completion percentage goes up, the yards go up, the touchdowns go up, maybe middle of the pack. 
but he's he, but he's much better than he was with the first coach. We expect people as soon as they be the first pick overall for them to be offensive rookie of the year, league MVP, multi-time Pro Bowlers. But it takes, like that song say, it takes two to make the thing go right. It takes good coaching on top of talent to get what they need to get out of this player and that player to get what he needs to get in order for him to generate generational wealth for his family, period. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I feel like a lot of times we criticize <coughs> and we just leave these guys for dead, but we don't even take into account who's coaching them, the situation in which they came from, the situation that they're actually in. The narrative is basically you're supposed to be so great, so rise above it. But how can you rise above it if your coach is incompetent? How can you rise above it? If the players around you don't buy into it, how can you uh, buy? How can you rise above it when the fan base basically already wants your head? And we're all human, right? I don't care how wrapped up you are. Like people telling you you suck. There's a lot of things that these dudes want to say they can't because it jeopardized the bottom line. There's a lot going on, man. Before me, like before we like really just sit up here and just talk about how trash a guy is. You know, uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, let's see, I get what you're saying about giving guys a chance, but I'm not giving up a prime asset for an unproven guy. And when I say unproven, he doesn't even have to uh, have enough college snaps to make a decision. Well, you're saying for unproven, you're not giving up assets for an unproven guy. But you drafting an unproven guy. Boy, you know, like all these guys are good. Like, there's a thing. All these guys are good. All of them. Rather, rather, yeah, go for go to a school that you don't look at as a power conference school, right? They still done enough and achieve things in order for them to even be drafted in that spot. Case in point, look at look at Trevor Penny. I, I couldn't point, I, I couldn't tell you where Northern Iowa is. I know it's in Iowa, but I can't tell you where it's at. I mean, but here he is, a first round draft pick. All these guys are unproven. And if you want to be honest with it, like we'll say, man, look what college you went to. You ain't go to, like, come on, man. Like, seriously, like, all these guys are unproven. With the 29th pick in the draft, if this, when the same draft, the 29th pick is an unproven guy that has not done anything in the National Football League. So the guy that you say, oh, he's not proven, it's the same guy, you know, like, honestly, it's the same guy, if you want to think about it, if he hasn't proven anything in two years, this guy hasn't proven anything at all. So, what, what, like, what's the difference? It's still hope on both sides. Like, you hope that this guy pans out if you was to make a trade for him, just like you hope that this guy pans out if you draft him. But it's all about doing your homework. You know, I'm I'm saying my preference. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I just want, I just want you to understand where I'm coming from. It's, it's no different. You know, it is no, it's no different. And I'm not saying like, I mean, of course, there's levels to this, uh, Brian. I'm not saying like if a guy has proven over like four, five years that you know he some sketchy play right you know like Dak Prescott 
right? I'm not going to give up a first-round draft pick for Dak Prescott, but I will give up a, a 29th pick for a guy like Trey Lance, who's, what, 23 years old and hasn't played a lot of football, right? You can still mold this guy into something that you want him to be. You know, like he hasn't done it. He hasn't done enough as a starting quarterback for me to have an opinion about him. So, and then on top of that, like I said, I mean, he's young. So you got plenty of time to make this guy to what you want to be. This is like, it's not like Derek Carr. Derek Carr, you got to hit the ground running. I mean, we got to get it, right? We have to get it right then and there. You like in your 30s. So I'm, I'm taking a chance here. You know? I'm taking a chance here. But I don't know. I don't know how long you're gonna play, right? We we look at Tom Brady play at the 45. Now we just expect everybody to play until they 40. But it don't work like that. There's levels to this. There's levels to the the good, the great, the average, the below average. There's levels to this. So everybody just automatically just assume if you're 30, you're about to play 15 more years if you sign with another team. Good luck with that. Right. So I'm taking a chance. Of course, I'm not going to do that. Brian, that would be insane. It would be absolutely insane if you take a first-round pick and, and send that to Las Vegas for, for Derek Carr. That's insane. Third, fourth-round pick, I'm with you, right? Third, fourth-round pick, we can talk. But, like, first, second, nah. First, second, you might well go ahead and draft your guy and develop him into what you want him to be, especially if he's not checking all the boxes, you know? Like this, this is what my mind is. Like this is this is what my mind is with the 40th pick. Like I'm I'm being dead serious. What my mind is, I look at a guy's upside. I look at his capabilities. I look at his age. That's when we start looking at like draft picks, like Mike White. Like as crazy as this sound, like I would look at Mike White if they was talking to me about a second round pick. I do it. I, I would consider it, right? Because this dude is young. He's talented. You can probably, you know what I'm saying, end up turning him into a franchise quarterback with the right people around him. I'm not saying that they should do that. All I'm saying is I look at certain things. If a guy checks the boxes, I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to do my research. And I look at how this would be beneficial to me and my team. You know, because when you're like at 30, 31, you're basically racing against the clock. So that's why a lot of these guys, you know, who has been in the league for a long period of time, you know, these, these, these teams get these guys because the, the, because the game is slowed down for them. They know exactly. They're going to be exactly where they want to be. They're going to put the ball exactly where they want it to go. But at the same time, it comes with a cost. You're not as fast as you once were when you got into the league. Those instincts start to slow down a little bit when you start to get older. So that's, that's a bigger chance versus a wide eyed, bushy eyed quarterback who checks all the boxes and his best, his best his best games are in front of him versus being behind him. So that, that's my mind frame. Uh, home games might feel like a trip uh, to hell for DA. Uh, thank you very much for the 199. Look, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy to turn this thing around. I have to. I got to, man. I got to because I'm a Saints fan. I want to see these guys be successful. Serious. Uh, playing to 40 is rare. Your body uh, got to will it. Yep. That's simple. A draft pick on a quarterback doesn't break the cap bank either. And that's what, and also for, for the time, that's a good point. I'm also looking at the fact that he's on a rookie deal too. You get what I'm saying, Brian? Like, if you draft a quarterback at 29, follow me. 
if you draft him at 29, he's going to be on a, a rookie deal, right? For the next four, you know, I would say four years, because four years, like you, you, you got to know what you have. And that's when our agents start, man, look, hey, man, we need to start talking about you know, extending this guy. You're doing the same thing with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is on a rookie deal. And then you, okay, he's going into what his third season. So you still got season three, season four. If you still didn't get a sample size, you can franchise tag him for the fifth year until you actually have that. So that's basically like four years. What's, what, 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 how did they evaluate quarterbacks? Four years with a possible fifth year option. What's the difference? <laughs> there is no difference. You still got a, like, you still got a guy or the rookie deal. I'm looking at it from a monetary standpoint, a contractual standpoint, the age standpoint, the talent, like all those things got to check the boxes, you know, versus a guy like Derek Carr, who's 30. And, you know, would you trade a first round pick? No. Why would I do that? Because this guy in the next, what, one or two years, you're going to have to be renegotiating the contract with him. So it's going to make your cap fall back even further. At least with a guy like Trey Lance, at least with a guy like Hendon Hooker, at least with a guy like, um, you know, I don't know about Mike White. I, uh, he was drafted pretty late, so that you couldn't do that with him. But at least with guys like that, you can actually build a team around them. Like you can go young, bring in some veterans that, that can collide with these guys. Kind of the same thing that's going on with Cincinnati. Cincinnati can go out here and they can get other guys because Joe Burrow is still on a rookie deal. Jamar Chase is still on a rookie deal. T. Higgins is still on a rookie deal. So you can do these things with these guys, and you can go out here and, and break the bank and get a guy like Trey Hendrickson and throw a bunch of money at him. You can throw money at Von Bell, right? You know what I mean? You can throw money at Mike Hilton. You can do all these things with these guys because you still, you still got guys on rookie deals. Now, unless the front office of the Cincinnati Bengals are really doing their job, you're going to start to see little cracks in the armor. If a guy, once again, if a GM or front office don't know what they're doing, you're going to start seeing cracks in the armor when it's time to pay guys. That's when you, that's when you really start to see it. There's no, it's not a coincidence to me that the New Orleans Saints won all those games over the five years span. It's not a, it's not a coincidence because they hit in 2017, and then you start to see little issues at certain positions when those guys start to leave and go other places because the Saints couldn't pay them because they could not pay them for the production that they put forth in the Superdome or on the road as a member of the New Orleans Saints. So that's the way it goes. Uh, what up, TJ? Big fan. Lost my phone on my sister phone. Had to show respect. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. I, I hope you find your phone, though. That's the worst. It's the worst, man, when you can't find your phone. And that's, that's like the worst thing ever, man. I ain't trying to look. I ain't trying to get you no know, uh, anxiety, but I hope you find your phone. Let's see, uh, Barbara. It's not hard to figure out. I only look at Allen and Carmichael's resume. What have they done? They haven't like they haven't done. Look, I, look I'm not knocking you for feeling this way. They haven't done enough. And I and I'm going to continue to say this, just like I said at the top of the show. For those that just tuned in, I am not knocking anyone for feeling the way that they do if their morale is low when it comes to this team, because you have to show me and everybody else that you're capable of doing the right thing, that you're able to put this team in a position to be successful. 
So I'm not mad at you for that. But here's the thing. Where are we staying? Like, do we want these guys to fail? Now, think about this. If if these guys fail, that's another year like this. I don't want it. I don't want it, man. Like, I don't want this team to be a walking, talking failure. I want to talk about positive things. I want to talk about this team keys to victory and actually mean what I'm saying. And that's what anybody, like, seriously, if that's the case, anybody that you bring in, no matter how talented they are, no matter how good they are, we're all like, we might well don't watch football because you can bring in Rodgers, I guess, and they're going to fail. You can bring in Carr and they're going to fail. Like, I'm I'm just saying, like, you might well, we might well don't even watch football. Like, we might well don't even watch it because if you feel like whoever they bring in, they're not going to be able to be up to snuff because of the coaching staff, then we might well even watch football. We might well just go ahead and just, you know, do something else in 2023 for six months. I'd, I'd rather, you know, I don't know what these guys are capable of. I, I don't because all I know is the Saints had the greatest quarterback they ever had in their franchise history for 15 years. And this guy was right there in the smack dab middle. If not, you know, I don't even say smack dab middle. He was top. He was the top of, you know, top three. And that's all we know. And we're, and we're spoiled by the results. And now it's like, you know, but all, all I'm saying is, I don't know what they can do. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know because <laughs> like, I've seen great quarterback play for 15 years. So it's hard for me to just sit up here and say, oh, man, who, can, who did they develop? When did they have time to do it? Like, when did they have time to develop? What? Where's a guy that you've seen on this staff that you like, man, they could have developed him? Like, seriously, who? Most, most of the guys that they get are what? Journeyman quarterback. Like a Mark Bell, guy that's a seasoned veteran, right? You know, like a Luke McCown. You know, like they they drafted uh, Garrett Grayson, but come on, man. Like, seriously. They were during the time where, like, Drew was still, like, you know, in his prime, right? This was long hair, you know what I'm saying, with the swoop in the back, Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Before it started thinning at the top. You know he was balling, right? He still was airing that thing out to Devery. So I'm like, what, what are we doing? Like, I think, or better yet, it was like when Meacham came back. You know what I'm saying? So he's still airing that thing out to Meach. You know what I'm saying? The big Meach. So you know that boy went playing. Chase Daniels. Like, that. that's a good one right there, too. Another journeyman. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, and then on top of that, I mean, Chase, Chase still in the league, still making that money. Highest paid, what, backup quarterback in the league. So all I'm saying is, it, who did they have time to develop? If we, if we think about it, who did they have time to develop? Who who we can just sit up here and just say, man, like they could have developed him. No, I'm telling you, the only quarterback that you would have seen them really put some effort into trying to develop is Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes would have been there when they drafted, when they when they was when they were up, then we would be having this conversation. Then you can be like. Man, you know what I'm saying? They developed Patrick Mahomes. But no other quarterback was good enough that they drafted or they brought in was good enough to be able to, like, make Drew Brees sit down. 
Who is going to who going to sit him down? JT Barrett? Like, oh man, come on, man. Like, seriously. Tommy Stevens? That's a good one. Taysom? No. Like none of these guys, man, none of these guys can hold a candle to Drew Brees. There, there's no like there's no quarterback that the Saints have drafted. Seriously. There's no quarterback that the Saints have drafted in the Sean Payton era that I looked at and was like, man, that dude is the future of this franchise. Nobody. Gary Grayson and definitely not Ian Book. You know? So there we go. We may be giving DA a hard time. He might uh, right the ship. That's all we can hope for. Right? That's all we can hope for. That's all I'm saying. Like, I get it. And look, I'm if it don't work out, then let's have that conversation. But don't like get yourself all worked up and get your anxiety on all time high. And we ain't even seen it yet. Like, we don't know what's gonna happen. Now, if it does happen, I'm look, have at it. Like we, you know, we can we can talk about it, but we gotta see it. You gotta see it first. Like, don't get yourself all worked up and talk about how bad it's gonna get if we ain't seen it. Like, I guess you could be ahead of the curve, but who wants to be ahead of the curve in a situation like this? Who? Not me. I don't want to be ahead of the curve. I don't want to. I look. If that's what you want to do, fine. But I don't want to be like, man, CTJ. I told you way back in in February that we weren't going to do nothing. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to hit it. I don't want to put that energy out there. I want to see this team win. Like I, I want to see these guys be successful. Oh, I'm just being real. Uh, love my team. We're not contenders. Just draft like we have in the past defense. And if uh, a can't miss offensive player there, so be it. Uh, P. Carmichael nor D.A. will develop any of the late round quarterbacks. I mean, James, we well within your right. You know, you you well within your right. And Saying this team is not a contender, I don't think that anybody would make an argument for that. All I'm saying is teams change every single year, situations change every single year, and what has you have you seen in the NFC South that you just feel like, as of right now, like things can change. There can be a signing during when a, when a new season starts that, that can kind of change the fortune of, the, of it, you know? I mean, we don't know. You know, Lamar Jackson got issues, you know, they, according to – Reports I've seen there about $100 million apart. You got Derek Carr out there. You got some other quarterbacks out there that can probably come into the division. Other players can come into the division if you show them the money. But all I'm saying is this division is wide open as of right now, as I'm speaking right now. And all these teams have opportunity to counteract on whatever the other team does. So let's have that conversation there. All I'm saying is don't get yourself worked up and talk and inspect the worst. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, it's okay to feel the way that you do. It's okay for the morale to be low. I'm, I'm okay with that. But don't just, you know, completely, like, just ruin the experience for yourself by just expecting the worst. Like, why watch it? Why watch that, man? You know, why watch it? Even if the Saints manage to get to the playoffs this year, I would not count it, especially in this horrible division. Well, if they could make it to the playoffs, that's that's more progress than they had in the last two years. That simple. Um, but all right, I'm gonna read a few more and then I'll get up out of here. And don't sleep on Joe Woods. Do your research. 
I don't think anybody's sleeping on Joe Woods. Uh, I think a lot of people that I've seen here today that's watching is pretty been pretty high on him. You know, ain't nobody, you know, ain't nobody like really talking bad about him from what I see. I mean, why like at this particular time, like I I'll have to call you out because we've been talking about lack of representation when it comes to the Saints. I've even seen people talking about the Saints being racist. So <laughs> they actually signed a African-American coach and defensive coordinator, right? You know what I'm saying? So we need a representation. We got it. You know, and there were other coaches out there that they could have hired. And we could have been having that conversation feeding the conspiracy theories a bit. So why would you? And then on top of that, not only does, you know what I'm saying, that, that get put to bed, but he's pretty good at helping defenses generate turnovers. So ain't that what we want? It's about making the team better than they were. The things that they were lacking to help that team be able to fix the issues, fix those issues, I should say. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. I ask that you hit the like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, also, follow on Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. And you can also follow me on Twitter at TJAYJones8. And we also have previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, check out the State of the Saints podcast network. Not only do we do the State of the Saints podcast here, but we do the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast. We're going to be gearing up for Super Bowl 57. We're going to be talking about the storylines there. We're going to be talking about Derek Carr more in depth and some of the other free agents that are available right now. The situation that's happening uh, with Lamar Jackson. Will he and the Baltimore Ravens ever get it together? And also you can check out the therapy college podcast that's available where we, you know, kind of shy away from sports, but we talk about life. We talk about different situations that's going on in the world. Um, definitely just love doing podcasting, man, giving people different perspectives. And uh, if you subscribe to the channel, those are the type of podcasts uh, that you will get a uh, special shout out to everybody uh, that supported the shows when I was out in Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl. That was a great experience to be able to go out there, talk to some guys, see some of those guys up close to see, you know, how talented they are in real time. That was great. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that um, that I ran into out there, you know, that were out there in Mobile that talked about how much they support the show. So shouts out to them as well. And um, I hope everybody has a good morning, noon, night. Whenever you're checking out this podcast, like always, all I got to say is who that. <laughs>